And welcome to the postgame wrap. Mississippi State falling in round one of the SEC tournament to the Florida Gators, 13-1. to Went seven innings. Dogs dropped to 40-14. and Florida 37-19. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield. I'm live in the roving Bank First studios here in Hoover, Alabama. Bulldogs really took it on the chin today, Charlie. One of those games where you just look back to how it all got started in the first inning. Lead-off base hit. Then all of a sudden you find yourself down one to nothing. You're two batters deep in the ball game. It was just one of those days where State just couldn't get anything going offensively. Got out hit 18 to four. Used five pitchers. Sometimes you just get beaten. Today we got beat. That first at bat, Jacob Young leading off for Florida. And I remember thinking with Brandon Smith, we talked about this so much this year, how Brandon Smith kind of likes to start a hitter on the outside of the plate, establish that outside strike, and then move it a ball away, and then another ball away. He put two just off the plate, didn't get the call, goes 2-0, and oh, and then he has to bring it a little bit closer. Young gets the base hit, actually gets the double. It looked like it was hit about the way a single would be, but he ends up at second base. And then it just kind of it kind of indicative of how the day was going to go. And frustrating, too. You get the bases loaded. You've got two outs. You look like you're going to work out of it, and then you spike a pitch. And didn't think Logan Tanner did a great job, candidly, of trying to block it up. He tried to backhand it, didn't block it up, and run scores. And then, you know, of course, those just the least of the issues, right? Because you get three runs for Florida in the second, five in the third. There's not much good you can say about today's performance for Mississippi State at all, except maybe Kate Smith played okay. He pitched pretty well. You know, it's interesting, Charlie, you brought that up. And, you know, you and I have not talked about this game at all. And here are the notes that I wrote down. Backhand ball in the dirt on the wild pitch with the bases loaded. That's the first thing I brought up. Because you had gotten to the, to the windup. And the, looking back to that first inning, to me that was the big thing about Scott Foxhall coming out. You got the bases loaded, you got nobody out. And what does Brandon Smith do? He works from the windup. He goes back to the windup. He gets a couple strikeouts. Then he throws a wild pitch on the first batter after there were two outs. Ends up getting out of that inning with just the one run. And then we come out against Barco in, in the bottom of the first inning. You get a, a line drive by Rowdy Jordan right at the shortstop. And how how indicative of entire game was the first inning? You know, they, they lead off with Jacob Young. He gets the double. Rowdy scalds one and hits it right at you know, the shortstop. And Josh Rivera was right there to make the play. Then Tanner Allen gets the double. Luke Hancock gets the two-out single. We're back in the game 1-1. And then you go to the second inning, and the first batter of the second inning, Brandon Smith, thought he had strike three, and so did Logan Tanner, on a 1-2 pitch. And then on the 2-2 pitch, Rivera singles on that 2-2, and that starts a three-run inning for Florida. It was almost like Brandon Smith could not stay in the windup, and he was always pitching from the stretch, and it just didn't look like he was comfortable at all pitching from the stretch. No, it didn't. And you go back and you say, well, it's a 13-1 to game. That doesn't matter. But you make the point all the time, baseball is sequential, and if you don't fall behind 4-1, to it changes everything after it. Now, that's not to say that there weren't more problems to come, because there certainly were, but I thought that's what kind of set things in motion in the wrong direction. Yeah, it really was. All of a sudden, it's 4-1, to 
And then a five-run third inning. I stopped keeping notes in the third inning. You know, you had a missed fly ball out in the outfield that allowed two runs to score. Here's the thing. Here's what teaches you. And you talk about pitching with a lead and pitching with a big deficit. You start throwing it over the plate more, pitching to contact. I'm trying to think of the last time in today's age where I've seen a game with a combined five strikeouts. Hunter Barco struck out two state players. We struck out three Florida players. And so I'm just trying to think back. And, of course, it was only a seven-inning game. And at the end of the day, hey, I'd rather get beat 13-1 to in the seven-inning game than nine runs in a nine-inning game because that's two innings worth of pitching. Yeah, at this point, right, you're going to need all the pitching you can get. And I go back to something we said. I kind of have to draw a distinction here between am I bothered by losing or am I bothered by what at times seemed like from not everybody. I don't mean this as to all our players. You know, Tanner Allen's still competing. But there's kind of, one, do you mind losing? No. But two, do you mind how we lost? Yes. And I think that's the thing that's frustrating for me because I think as you look back upon the game, there's some things that are just kind of fundamental that bother you. The the ball in the dirt, you know, that's something that can be cleaned up, but it bothers you. A couple of times you didn't think guys were really running balls out. That bothers you. I don't like the fact something like 13 ground outs in seven innings and not all of them hard hit balls that just went the wrong place. You know, it kind of got back to one of those things that was struggling with us at the plate earlier in the year. Absolutely. I mean, that was, it was several things that kind of jump out at you. And of course I'm live at a bank first studios, bank first, better way to bank and great locations throughout the state of Mississippi over into Alabama right now. And a growing bank, they're the people to talk to when you're looking to refinance that house, that boat loan, whatever you need. Go with people that you know in your local communities and also people with a great customer service. That's at Bank First. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield, this is a post-game wrap-up show. Mississippi State losing 13-1 to today, this morning, to the Florida Gators. And, Charlie, going back to yesterday, Florida played the early game. We played the early game today. Looking back at it, Playing the early game, and I know you, you don't want to make excuses at all because Florida just came out of the gate, but they had played yesterday at 9.30. Everything that you do in a morning game, when you start talking about repetition, we're creatures of habit, and it's such a habit, especially in the game of baseball. But your pregame meals at normally four hours before first pitch, that would have been at 5.30 today. I don't know what time they got up. I'm saying they probably let them sleep a little bit longer. But everything is then condensed. You're practicing. You're at another ballpark or taking ground balls and BP somewhere else before you come into the ballpark. It's almost like Florida got a chance to knock the dust off yesterday and then today, and you got to go back to the point of there are not many guys on this team that have done what they're doing right now, and that's jumping to a ballpark and playing a 930 in the morning game. And I'm not making excuses at all, but it's a factor that has to be looked at. All right, let me play the half-empty guy here, if I can, on that point. Wouldn't you suggest, wouldn't you agree that those typically affect hitters more than they do pitching, the the routine, meaning they're the guys that have to do batting practice? If you're the starting pitcher, you're not cranking it up four hours before the game like that in that same mindset, are you? No, you're not. But, I mean, you do have – it's not about showing up at the ballpark. I mean, you've got to go through the, your arm exercises. You've got to go through your stretching. And it's just different. You know, it's, it's just different. Yeah, and I, I get that. I, I think the thing that gets me is – and I, look, there's absolutely something to that. It is different, and I don't – it's not an excuse. It, it is a factor. But you go back and you look and you say, well, 
your guys who were coming in in relief, Tuller not as sharp as you needed him to be, perhaps. Hunt not as sharp as you need him to be. That's a guy who hadn't pitched a lot of innings. I don't want to call out those guys. But I guess the thing that is a little bit frustrating, because again, keep in mind, I went into this saying I don't really care about the SEC tournament, and I still don't. But what you want to see is kind of a high effort. And I didn't think we saw that all the way through the finish line today. A lot of different areas as well. Not covering second base on a throwdown to try to throw somebody out stealing. Stopping essentially on a ground ball to first base and get thrown out between first and second. Now, those are just a couple of key instances. And I mean, that's the thing about the coaching staff. They're going to go through and look at a lot of different things. Brandon Smith today, two innings of work, six runs, all earned on eight hits. One strikeout, two walks. Charlie, was today just a situation of Brandon Smith throwing too many good strikes? Boy, it felt like it did. It, uh, it, you know, it wasn't an issue where I felt like he was hurting him. He walked to, but it, that didn't feel like the problem today. The problem felt like the eight hits. And there were a couple of times where even ahead in the count, balls just kind of got left over the middle of the plate. And I think ultimately that's it. You know, he has been at his best this year when he has been able to work down and away with sink. And I thought he had to get some through the strike zone that just hurt him. Okay, let's take a look at today's stats brought to you by Maroon and White Realty in Starkville, Mississippi. If you're in the market for a game day home, if you're looking for game day management, if you're looking for management of a rental property, call Sterling Dahl. He is tied into the Starkville community. Sterling Dahl at Maroon and White Realty. He'll make sure you get yourself taken care of with that game day home. Or if you're looking to buy for a student coming into town, Maroon and White Realty and Sterling Dahl bringing you our stats and take a look at the stats. State had four different guys who had one hit. We had just four hits in the game. That was it. Tanner Allen, Logan Tanner, Luke Hancock, and then late in the game in the seventh inning, Braylon Skinner had a single off the bench and a pinch hit roll. So State today, one run on four hits, commit two errors in the game. Florida, 13 runs on 18 hits. Gators also committed two errors. But you look up and down the Florida lineup, Hickey in the two spot in the order had three hits. Armstrong, the DH, in the cleanup spot had three hits. Josh Rivera, the shortstop, batting down in the order in the seven spot. He went four for five. So you just look through the entire order. Florida had a hit from every starter in their lineup today. And, Charlie, when you got a stat line like that, it's just hard to lose. How about this? Florida had more guys with multiple hits than we had guys with one hit. They had five guys in their lineup who had multiple hits in the ball game. And then you go out, you know, Barco, I, I guess it's because it wasn't, you know, there weren't a ton of strikeouts. Didn't seem like he was overpowering hitters or dominant, but he, boy, he got a lot of ground balls. And that's the stat that really jumps out at me, those 13 ground outs. Yeah, Charlie, when I look at the, the line totals for Barco, seven innings of work, one run, four hits, two strikeouts, no walks. He threw 91 pitches in seven innings. And a lot of that's the product of just having a big lead and just being able to go up there and shove it. But like you said, there was not a whole lot of battling at bats going on. When we had two hits in the first inning, I looked out at the board. We had three hits in the sixth. I think we got a hit in the fourth inning. And I'll tell you what, another one in the seventh, and that was it. I mean, you talk about not piecing anything together because, hey, you didn't have a chance to piece anything together because you couldn't get on base, period. Yeah, go back and look at the left on base numbers. Florida, in addition to their 13 runs, left 11 guys on base. We we had five. It was just, boy, the bases were just covered in Gators today. 
And look at our starting pitching. Brandon Smith, two innings of work, six runs, all earned on eight hits, one strikeout, two walks. He threw 57 pitches in two innings. Gave way to Cam Tuller. Cam roughed up a tad, gave up three runs, all earned on four hits in one inning of work, one strikeout, one walk. A couple of those were tough runs on a misplayed ball in the outfield. Kate Smith came in and was very good today. Two innings of work, no runs, no hits, no strikeouts, and one walk. He pitched to contact. Eric Sarantola threw a scoreless inning in the sixth inning. Now, he threw 27 pitches. He walked one. He struck out one. He gave up one hit, but stranded some base runners. So he came in and, and pitched the sixth inning. And then Casey Hunt gave up four runs, two earned in the uh, – Seventh inning on five hits through 30 pitches and faced eight batters. And so that's a look at the stats brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Sterling Dahl and the gang at Maroon and White, they'll get you hooked up on any of your real estate needs. If you're looking for property management, if you're looking for a new home, if you're looking for a a second home or somewhere for your student to live at Maroon and White Realty in Starkville. All right, Charlie, now looking ahead to tomorrow, now, all of a sudden, you got the 9.30 game again. Christian McLeod is back on rotation. Chris Lamont has talked about it after today's game, about how now you've got McLeod and now you've got Bednar kind of set up for Thursday and Friday. We talked about that. We knew that was what was probably coming. If you could get through today's game, you kind of have everything lined up. But now it's kind of imperative for State to come out and play well tomorrow. So let me ask you this, because I think it's important that McLeod and Bednar get some innings this week. If you find yourself down in the ball game, you find yourself down by a score of five to three in the six. You go to Bednar. Well, I mean that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if you break it up. I, I just don't know if you break it up and bring him in, in out of the pen. I mean, do you do anything? Well, the idea being is what is more important. Work. Is I understand. If yeah. If you're getting beat seven to two tomorrow, do you bring in Bednar thinking I just got to get him a couple of innings over here, or did you say, look, he's going to go two weeks without pitching? I don't know how you play that, but I think it could be an interesting issue. If you get to a point tomorrow where you think the game's out of hand, where do you go? Because you start to say the SEC tournament doesn't matter, and it again, historically it doesn't. But I think one of the things that's unique about this year, we find ourselves in a situation where we need to get some guys some innings on the mound because I still say if we're going to get through a regional, you're going to have to have somebody that you're not expecting step it up a little bit. And right now – it's not clear who that person's going to be. Is it more important for Bednar to get the innings, or is it more important for a Parker Stinnett and some of these guys you're going to need out of the bullpen? I mean, that's the question you got to ask. I mean, I know Bednar is the most important thing, without doubt. But you, do you just get back to Startwell on Friday and say, all right, let's go out there in a 90-degree heat and let's, let's throw about 90 pitches? So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the answer to that is. All right, it's time now for our play of the game. Today's play of the game is brought to you by Two Brothers. Two Brothers, one of the most fantastic places in Starkville to eat, right there in the heart of the Cotton District on University Drive. They've got the patio upstairs, just a great place. They have those great smoked wings. You know what I did, Charlie, a couple of weeks ago when we didn't broadcast a ball game? I took some, a tray of the smoked wings from Two Brothers, put them out on my grill, had some folks out there, and they thought that I had smoked the greatest wings known to man. And uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that at all. But uh, two brothers bringing you our play of the game. So looking back at how everything unfolded, of course, we have nothing positive from our play of the game standpoint. But as you look back and looking at at the box score and everything, what's your play of the game today? All right. So does it have to be a positive play? 
you know, do I have no, to play no, like the no, it's, it's, network radio guy and I've got to, I've got to be nice and say that in a game where we get beat, say in basketball, 80 to 42, I have to pick a layup in the second half or something. No, it's whatever, so, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. We're, we're controlling right, this so, mix. <laughs> well, here's, here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with that home run for Florida in the top of the third inning. Because I felt like when things were 4-1, we were in kind of a mess. But that just seemed to me to kind of be the real turning point of the ball game. I thought that once Thompson homered, that Sterling Thompson home run, in the third is my play of the game, and I'll let you tell me that you think I'm wrong. No, I mean, I think it's legitimate. I really do think it's legitimate. I thought the game was over before then, to be honest with you. I thought at 4-1, to one, it was going to be tough to overcome, simply because – you knew we were about to get deep in the bullpen. And Barco was a guy, hey, they won eight of his ten starts this year. Here's a guy, and that's one of the things we haven't talked about. You talk about apples and oranges and apples versus apples and oranges versus oranges. I mean, Barco is their legit number two guy. And we're throwing someone who started one game this year, and that was against Jackson State. And I'm not making excuses at all, but he's one of their guys. They've won eight of his ten starts, and he has been really good since the first two games. So I thought once it was 4-1, to one, it was going to be tough to overcome. To me, it has to be in the second inning sometime. You had just come back and you had tied the game and you would gotten it back to 1-1. One to one. I think the leadoff single by Rivera, and I go back to that point of you thought you had him struck out on the 1-2 pitch. You don't get that call. And I'm not sitting there saying the umpires had anything to do with a 13-1 loss. But you thought you had the out call. Logan Tanner was pretty demonstrative back there about that, and then Rivera singles. Then all of a sudden, everything positive that you had just gained in the bottom of the inning is given up, and you've got to go back from the stretch. To me, that's the play of the game because you just never got any comfort at all in Florida, able to push three runs across the plate in the second inning. And so, yeah, I agree with you that the home run was big, but I'm going to go earlier than that in, the, in that second inning, that leadoff single for Florida to get everything started. And so that's my play of the game brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoked Meats on University Drive in Starkville. So our thanks to the fine folks at Two Brothers. Do you agree with that, or am I thinking too much into that, or am I looking to blame umpires too much in a 13-1 game? Well, so that's what's interesting is I think you can have a conversation about umpires that is score independent. Okay, so you can evaluate an umpire on what percentage of calls did you get right or wrong. I felt, you go back to the first, the strike call on Logan Tanner uh, on a ball that was not even close to play. There wasn't a great job behind the plate. I still say this, though. I hate to look at a ball game that we get beat 13-1, to and even though I know it matters, say we're going to let our pitching off the hook because they didn't get a call because they had to throw another pitch. And the bottom line is sometimes you're going to get squeezed, but you got to come back and throw one more. And I thought today my issue was we just never threw that one more. All right, Charlie. Well, the good thing about a tournament is we get to come right back tomorrow, 930 start. And so State got the got the early games. So I guess we you know the blueprint's been laid. We kind of know what time we got to get up tomorrow and get to the ballpark. Yeah, and I think if I'm Chris Lamonis, I'm probably struggling right now with what to say to my team about tomorrow. It's a little bit late in the year to start kicking things around the dugout. And and in a tournament where, look, these guys have heard it, they kind of know things are kind of wrapped up, or at least we thought they were in terms of having a national seed. But it'll be interesting to see how he deals with this team overnight because I think, you know, kind of number one rule for me is 
I may not mind about winning and losing, but I don't want to be embarrassed. And I, I think I would have a pretty healthy conversation with my group today about, you know, guys, I don't care if you got to wake up at 4.30. I don't care if you wake up at 8.15 and jog over to the park. But when we play at 9.30 tomorrow, I want to see some fight. I want to see some effort. I just didn't think we saw it today. I don't know. You've, you've been around a lot of coaches. You know, a lot of them kind of approach these things different ways. But, boy, I'd like to see some fight tomorrow. Yep, I would too. And I'll be surprised if we don't have it. So, State tomorrow morning, got the early game. Elimination round now. And Christian McLeod going to draw the start in that 9.30 game. Charlie enjoyed it. Hey, thanks to the, the fine folks at Bank First. That's where Charlie and I bank. And then Two Brothers Smoke Meats and Maroon and White Realty. So thanks to those guys for allowing us to bring you our post-game wrap after the Bulldogs play here in the SEC tournament in Hoover. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory saying so long. Hang out with us tomorrow. We'll be right back after State plays the first game of the day in the SEC tournament.